Well, Marcus, we can't start today's episode without thanking our wonderful sponsors. We'll start off with Gavos Freight Solutions. Capital Edge. Millianmar. Retrojet Prints. Without these wonderful people, we couldn't do the things that we do and bring you the guests that we do. So if you could take a moment to check them out and all our podcast descriptions and Instagram pictures and all the rest of it, it'd be a big help to us and to them. But without further ado, we'll get into the episode. Yeah, you got a bit carried away, Brendan. That's not like Brendan to get carried away, is it? No, not at all. What a time to be alive. Two minutes to go. Disposal efficiency. Pressure point. Pretty boy, how you going, mate? <laughs> oh, what a start to the show! I'm good, mate. How are you? Great, great. I've been wanting to do that for a long time, and I'm glad you've uh, you haven't lost your lost your mind to it. Were you a bit nervous about um, starting the podcast today? Like you've gone already. You're a bit flustered, mate. You're looking like your t-shirt at the moment. Uh, we're at the beach yesterday. I got a bit sunburnt. Uh, I can tell. Come I can on. tell. You're looking very red raw lobster. I know. Good t-shirt as well, isn't it? Absolutely. 49ers. Mm. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah, big fan. I can tell. Yeah, you're jumping on board too. Yeah, look, i got to get an NFL team. I said I haven't dedicated myself to one, and we had the conversation, and we don't have a team in any sport that we both follow, so we thought, why not jump on board with one team together? And I think the 49ers might be the way to go. Although I do, ha- I do have a Raiders jacket at home, so does that mean I'm roped into the Raiders? The Raiders are Collingwood colours. Yeah, it's tough, isn't mean? it? Yeah. I mean, you could be, you, if you want to support Collingwood, you can. Oh, um, so if I... Oh, geez, you've, made, you've given me the ultimate. Pretty sure every Collingwood supporter goes for the Raiders. Can I go for the 49ers, but still casually wear my Raiders jacket? It's, it's a retro I mean, vintage one probably. from like the early isn't, 90s. Isn't all NFL, NBA, um, baseball gear just fashion statements anyway? Yeah, essentially. You know? Like, I'm pretty sure I have a, a San Francisco Giants hat, but I definitely don't go for the Giants and don't follow the baseball, you know? Well, there you so, go. So you can absolutely wear a Raiders jacket. Sounds good to me. All right, <laughs> let's do it. I'm a 49ers fan. Let's get on with the show. <laughs> um, all right. Um, yeah, so it's uh, it's been... It's been a bit of a quieter period in the AFL landscape anyway. Obviously, with the off-season, it's been um, a bit dry with news, but there was a massive story over the weekend and over the last few days, and is Jordan Dugowie over here in America being a very naughty boy. Absolutely. Well, if we go back even a few days before that, the story around Jordan Dugowie was the complete opposite, and it was how mm. he was training the house down, primed to have a dusty-like season. Just coming off probably his best year he's ever had in terms of consistency, playing up in the midfield and having a great year, and then really let himself down with this news that's come out and let me know let the greater AFL community down, Collingwood down. I mean, you know, everybody essentially that has anything or any connection with Jordan Degoe or Jordan Depuy as he's once been said on this podcast by myself. But um yeah, obviously really, really disappointing news and look, whichever view you want to take on the situation, there's nothing good that comes from this. Ah, it's terrible. It's terrible and it's almost career career ending and I think a lot of people do want that. And I think it, I would not be against it if it, if it was, to be honest. Because um, it's not the first time he's done it. You know, there's, there's been multiple occasions where he's gotten in trouble on a night out, um, and for very similar incidents as, as well. So, and the fact that he's in America, in New York, on a high performance training camp that Collingwood have probably chipped in for, or the club have fully endorsed and fully backed him in, even to leave the country is is huge in this um, in this current period. So, yeah, I. It's a terrible look and, yeah, I think his career is a serious crossroads at the moment. Well, you touched on it and you said you wouldn't be against it. So I'll ask you the question. I want to blunt yes or no. Should Jordan Dugowie play another game of AFL football? No. Okay, good. But, I'm, uh, but I'm he not. will. He will. No, he, yeah. What he should do and what he will do are different things. I think he will play. I don't think he should. Too many misdemeanours. Is it a coincidence now that there's been two sexual harassment charges against him? Mm. 
both dropped, you know, but that just could be due to a lack of evidence. I don't want to get into that, yeah. but it can't be a coincidence that it's happened twice. And like you said, it was in New York, which means that there's no bias or, you know, prejudgment behind him or anyone without trying to provoke him because no one knows who he is in America. Yeah, exactly right. So it's come out of nowhere. Yeah. And there's also a, um, a physical assault charge or whatever you want to call it now. So, yeah, uh, it's obviously a shocking look for the game. And considering, like I said, where he came from two weeks ago, we're all thinking about how good he was going to be next year. To then do this, for not for the first time, um, I just think he's, he's not a, not worth the risk for Collingwood. And I don't no. know, I've spoken to a couple of Collingwood supporters that said they would gladly see the club get rid of him. Mm. I know there's going to be a lot that don't agree, but yeah, I've spoken to some that actually wouldn't mind yeah, seeing him absolutely. go. Absolutely. Yeah, a couple of Collingwood mates that I've got, they, they don't want him there either. So I think a lot of them are just fed up. And to be honest, they're in that period of their um, stage of development at Collingwood where they can, you know, they're rebuilding, they're starting again. So if they can potentially cash in on Dugowie, on his value somehow... Who takes uh, him? That's the thing. Someone probably will. He's got one year left on his contract mm. this year, and then yeah. he's up in the air. He, that's the reason we're back over there. He even said he's training to try and get more money ne- when his yeah. contract well, gets renewed. He's ruined that, hasn't he? Well, you'd, mm. you'd think so, and you know what? You'd hope so as well. For, yeah. for the look of the game, it's a bad look. You can't yeah, have blokes running look. around because it's you know it just spreads the wrong message. Oh, well, Dugowie gets away with it. Why mm. can't I? Exactly. So, And I think the biggest crime out of all of this was that he thought it was acceptable to go to a nightclub in a bathrobe. Mm. Fairly sure it was for Halloween, but what, what are you dressed as, mate? Yeah. A douchebag? Yeah. Didn't he get locked up in that bathrobe? Absolutely. Yeah. And you can bet your bottom dollar he went to court in that bathrobe as well. Did he? Absolutely. That's fantastic. Oh, geez. Yeah. Anyway, it's a, it's, a, it's a shit story. And yeah, I just I hope the AFL and Collingwood uh, take appropriate action. Where Collingwood already have standing him down, but I'd like to see what happens once... Um, the hearing's done and once he gets back to Australia. That's it. Well, they've stood him down, but I'd like to see some um, monetary effect happen as well because he's, mm-hmm. st- he's still getting paid per his contract. Yep. So, you know, I mean, I don't know the logistics of it all, but I think if you're going to stand someone down for an incident like this, mm. you cut their pay. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's my... I mean, if you and me got well. stood down from our roles, I don't think we'd be getting paid. No, absolutely if, not. If we did something, you know, similar. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. No, you just lo- you'd probably just lose your job. There wouldn't yeah, even be a... You're stood down. If you get... If that's you, you're gone. So... Mm. Obviously, the AFL is, has always been judged differently in, in terms of jobs yep. and job security and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I think it's not a good look and something's going to be done. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, enough of, uh, enough of him. We've got a few, uh, few exciting plans over the, the next few weeks and especially the month of November. Absolutely, we do. Obviously, yeah. it's uh, November, or as most people know it, is Movember. We've um, got some things whipped up, which I'll let you explain, Marcus, because you were the innovator of this brilliant idea. So I'll let you touch on it. Yeah, so... Yeah, everyone's you know shaving, uh, shaving the heads. Um, I just mine's always just yeah. like this, mate. This, <laughs> this wasn't for November. So everyone's growing mustaches and um, you know doing those walks and and things like that. But um, what we're going to do a bit different here is um, do an episode where we interview each other and we both share something vulnerable about ourselves and and open up and tell something that not many people would know. Um, just to add something different to the to the to the show, and and for everyone to get to know us on a deeper level um, instead of just our footy knowledge. So it'd be a bit different, um, maybe a little uncomfortable, but I think it, it's for a good cause, and um, and it's to raise awareness for a very important cause in society today. Um, and I think a lot of people would would appreciate it. Couldn't have said it better myself. I think for us to be slightly uncomfortable interviewing each other and, you know, saying things that we definitely haven't told each other yet, 
Um, if that can make a couple of other people feel comfortable telling someone about something they might be a bit, you know, have pent up or worried about, then it's absolutely worth it. So I think, yeah, I'm more than happy to jump on board with this and get a bit vulnerable for the first time, I think, in a long time. I'm not the type to normally do so, so it's <laughs> going to be interesting. I think there's a few people that don't know a lot about me, so it's going to be... Uh, Yep. Yeah, no, it'll be good. I'm actually really looking forward That's to it. That's the beauty of it, isn't it? That's yeah. it. So, yeah, so we'll um we'll hope to do that over the next few weeks. November's just started, so we've uh we'll, we've got a few weeks up our sleeve, but we'll definitely get something out um yeah over the next month, which is which would be good. Yep, exactly right. And then it's yeah, and then it's pretty much um it's almost holiday mode. It's almost Christmas time, so we'll probably take a little bit of a break over over the summer and and then get back into it. Probably. Prob- yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll probably touch on the draft a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we'll touch on the too, draft. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's also in November, so I think once November's done, then we'll probably be slowing down a bit. But, um, but no, nah, it's exciting, exciting month. Um, but we did have a, a special guest come on the show that we had a, a chat to a bit earlier it was Bella Lewis, uh, the twenty twenty one West Coast AFL Women's Club Champion in her debut season as well. She's a tough, quick and strong midfielder, so she was uh, great to have a chat with and, um, yeah, have a listen to the to the chat when we, we caught up with Bella earlier. All right, Pressure Point fans, we've got another very special guest on this week, another AFLW player. We've got pick three in the 2020 draft and the 2021 West Coast Club champion. You can believe that in her first season as well, which is an incredible achievement. We've got Bella Lewis. Bella, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Not a problem. Absolute pleasure. We uh, we touched on it a little bit before the show, but from someone that's coming from WA, tell us what has life been like for you throughout the pandemic? Obviously, it would have impacted footy a fair bit. Uh, yeah, I know not as bad as you guys over in Victoria and, and New South Wales. Uh, we've had it pretty good, thankfully. But, um, yeah, there was last year um, a little bit interrupted, I guess going uh, specifically for me going to my draft year was a little bit interrupted with that, not being able to train, but... Um, yeah, pretty thankful um, that we've had it the way we've had it. Yeah, I mean, WA, um, you, we're pretty envious of them, aren't we? Oh, like, absolutely. Don't, not only have a good weather, but you've had pretty much no lockdowns at all, which is uh, which really hurts us, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, we'll get into it. We'll talk about footy. That's why. That's why. Why you're here. Um, and as we do with all, I guess we we like to wind it right back to the start. So tell us about your early days. Um, growing up um, and where your love for, for footy came from? Yeah, I guess I um, I grew up in Sydney, so um, it was very multifaceted in terms of sports there. So I didn't really get into footy until I moved to WA, which was I was about 11 or 12. Um, and I think, like, you don't really walk down the street and everything's footy in Sydney, but it's a real culture shock when you come to WA where everything's just free or West Coast. So um, started playing when I was 11 or 12 just with the boys and fell in love with it. I think just like the physicality of it. Um, I really enjoyed playing with the boys, played with them for maybe three or four years until I had to kind of um, start playing with the girls. So then went to Claremont um, Women's Footy Club and then kind of just progressed from there, I guess, doing the state programs and then uh, the National Academy and then ended up at Eagles. It's an incredible journey um, to start from, especially if you're starting at a bit of a later age and making all the way to the AFLW and obviously having such an impact early on. But talk to us, obviously coming from Sydney, like you said, there was, um, you didn't have an interest for one sport in particular. There's a fair few. And there's a common misconception apparently, especially in between the, um, 
major news companies that are, that are saying that you actually did trampolining before footy, but little do they know it was the other way around. You did footy first and trampolining found its way in between. I know you had to make a choice at one point between trampolining and footy. Was that was it ever a hard choice or was footy always going to be the way to go? Yeah, I think you guys are probably the first ones to know that <laughs> that footy was before trampolining was. Um, it's quite funny, I think, like, I didn't, before I was drafted, I didn't really realise how much the news loved to grab a concept and develop it, um, which is quite funny to me. But, yeah, I guess it was um, probably I got to maybe um, 15, 16, and both kind of sports were training three, four times a week. So I couldn't really fit it in, to be honest, with school and, and my social life. And um, I thought that... I enjoyed footy way more than I did trampoline, just purely of the like team aspect of it um, and the camaraderie. So yeah, it was, it was a very easy choice for me to be honest. Yeah, we love that. And like you said, the media do tend to just grab onto things and sort of run with them, whether they might be true or not. We try to stick to the truth here on the podcast, but obviously that yeah. would probably affect the mental psyche a little bit. And I know you're big on your mindfulness and um, you've touched on before that it came actually before your football. Do you think mindfulness has helped your footy or football has more helped your mindfulness, if that makes sense? Yeah, 100%. I think it goes both ways, to be honest. Like um, I do heaps of – I love to read heaps of motivation books and mindsets from like the like great athletes from different sports as well because it's good to get a you know good perspective um, and I think that, yeah, it just goes both ways. Like being being able to have the self-belief, which is um, not as common in women's footy as it is in men's in terms of the humbleness. Like I think some girls are probably a bit too humble. Um, so, you know, having that level of self-belief and bring yourself back to the present moment when you've got big games or you're in a big position, I think has really helped me play. Yeah, love that. I mean, uh, mindfulness is, is such a big big role in, in sport now and um and society as well i think everyone everyone's getting around and it's great to see and it, it shows when you when you've got that covered your, your footy usually takes care of itself as well and um going on to how your footy's going you know winning the best and fairest um at west coast in your first season is is an incredible achievement um run us through that experience did you did you expect to have the season that you had and how was that feeling on on bnf night getting up there on stage and um receiving the award yeah, I could definitely say I was shocked, um, to say the least. If you'd heard my speech, you probably would have not been surprised that I was shocked. <laughs> um, but I, was, I wasn't, I guess, surprised with the way I played, but I was surprised with the award, if that made sense. So, um, you know, for me, it was what I like to call the first year was like my honeymoon phase where just nothing went wrong and I was enjoying everything, the experience of just being at such the elite level and playing against... Um, you know, some of the best players that, that you want to be playing against. And, um, I, you know, definitely had a bit of luck on my side in, in terms of, of the award, but was, yeah, not expecting it whatsoever. But it just made me love it even more, to be honest, that the way, the way you play. I think when you, you get up to the AFL level, everyone's kind of at that standard. So you just, in a way, you play better as a team and you play better as an individual. So that was kind of the bonus for me. Absolutely. I can't imagine starting your career off on a better note than winning the BNF in your first right. year, but... It wasn't all sunshine and daisies early on, obviously um, heading into your um, debut season is what I'm trying to spit out. And your debut season, you had a bit of an injury niggle and all that, and the media sort of jumped on that a little bit. Did that did that fuel you coming into your first season? Yeah, for sure. I think there was um, lots of, well, 
whispers that, you know, if I was going to perform at all in my first year, let alone get a game. Um, and I think for me that was definitely like, well, that's great for me because I'd rather you not know if, um, how well I'm training or that kind of thing. That kind of fuels me more. Um, so, I, you know, going into the day, into like the draft year, I was a little bit hesitant on whether or not I was going to get drafted at all. But I knew kind of when I got drafted, I had the support around me and the teammates around me um, that, yeah, just fueled, fueled us more to perform better. So, um, yeah. No, absolutely. We love that. And um, you're obviously still very young in terms of um, being an AFL player and just life in general, still a baby in some aspects, but you are considered a role model to many younger girls growing up and I'm sure people within the club as well. How does it feel after one season just already being a role model and having, you know, young girls looking up to you at this at such an early age and stage of your career? Yeah, I think that was probably the biggest change for me going into the first season even um, was that kind of aspect of having girls look up to you, um, which is nothing that you would expect at all going. I guess you expect it, but definitely not in your first year and going into your second year. Um, but it's it kind of makes you want to, you know, lift your attitude and, and be a role model for those girls. So, you know, you are watching what you do and what you say. And because um, to be honest, it's the reason why you play. Um, you know, we're not at the point yet where we're kind of full-time athletes. So we're doing it for those girls. So, you know, it was 100% a sobering experience for me to be able to kind of experience that in my first year. Yeah, for sure. And you, you mentioned, yeah, it's, it's yeah, not full-time yet, which, Eventually it will, and, and we can't wait for that to happen. And, and I'm sure that's not too far away. But how how else do you um do you spend your time uh, being a, a part time athlete? What what else do you do on the side to to keep you going? Yeah, so I've got a part time job um, at Rebel, which is quite fun. I enjoy it. It's a good crew. Um, and I start I'm starting to do criminology at uni in February as well. So I like to have a good balance. I think it's important to kind of have a separate life from your footy just so you don't get too involved in it and overthink it so uh yeah i like, I like doing that on the side yeah beautiful good good balance um which we love we love that um all right looking forward to to the aflw season it's not too far away i think what almost i reckon two months away it's not not too far so um how is pre-season going at the moment you all the girls pumped for for the season to come around again yeah girls are absolutely loving it we've, we've got our new coach um who we think is perfect for us and um you know we've had chats with how we can balance him with us and what we need from him and that kind of thing so um yeah the girls are absolutely loving it I think you know hopefully we'll take it to the next level this year which is what we've kind of been on the edge of doing so but we're just we're just having a blast to be honest whether or not we go into a hub we'll see but uh, yeah we're just going with the flow yeah, love it. Do you guys have a, a, a strong rivalry with the Dockers, like the like the men do? Is it is it pretty fierce over there as well? Is it translated over to the women? Yeah, it can be. It can be quite. It can be quite fierce at times, especially when we play them. Um, but yeah, I, we are friends with them. But yes, it does get quite fierce at times. Uh, that's great. We love it. All right. Well, um, we'll get into our, our, our segment that we do. It's called the pressure cooker where we'll just ask a few quick fire questions and, um, and then we'll, we'll wrap up from there. So um, we'll get into it. Absolutely. I'll kick us off. Who's your greatest mentor? Oh, Emma Swanson. What's the favourite game you've played in so far? 
Um, Geelong round seven, I think it was. Yeah. Why is that? Um, we it was probably the first time we'd actually fully beaten a team and smashed them by a considerable margin. So it was it was quite fun. And, and you must have had a blinder, didn't you? <laughs> no, not, not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, who's your favourite current day player? Um, probably Marcus Bontepelli. Yeah, yeah, good choice. Can't go past the Bont. And then last one to wrap it all up, which team did you support as a kid? Sydney Swans. Yes, yeah. being a Sydney local. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, love it. All right, well, um, that's pretty much uh, it for, for the episode. As I said, we're um, very grateful for, for you coming on and, and giving up your time. Um, I praise Edens right into the, to the swing of things, so we do appreciate it. And all the best for the upcoming AFLW season at the Eagles. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Thanks, Bella.